And this week on the Venue Podcast, we go over some news, including Patreon getting hacked. We get our first email on calendars. And we have a great topic today about home automation. And welcome to another Venue Podcast with the crew from Venue. I'm Josh. I'm Will. I'm Brian. And I am Philip. This is episode number 42, and we've got a great show for you today. We're going to jump right into the news for today. Um, And Google had an event uh, September 29th and announced some new devices. Um, Does anybody want to give the the lay of the land there? I missed it. I completely missed it. Everyone keeps looking at me, so I'll Mm -hmm. give some lay of the land here. So. So Google announced uh, two new Nexus phones. They announced the 5X, which is paying homage back to the Nexus 5 that was created, what, two years ago now or a year, Nexus, two years ago? Nexus, was it 5? Yeah, was it so, 2012 or 2013? Uh, yeah, 13, that's 13 what it was. It was? Okay. Because, uh, anyway, so they're, they're re-releasing basically that phone um, with adding in a fingerprint sensor and a much better camera. It looks like Google's actually betting big on cameras this time, finally. <laughs> um, so according to, uh, I think it's DxO Mark, they are actually rated as the second best smartphone camera on the market behind the Galaxy Note Edge. The iPhones, I think, are number four and number five, oh, respectively. Wow. Um, so both both of the phones have the same camera, which is going to be interesting. And they both have USB-C. Uh, and I think these are going to be some of the first phones, if not the first, uh, to actually start shipping widely. Yeah. I say widely, widely right, because the of the OnePlus 2, right? right. Um, and they also released the Nexus 6P, uh, which is a 5.7-inch phone made by Huawei, uh, which is going to be, I think, probably one of their first phones on U.S. soil. Yeah, that, is you know, the, that is the first phone you get in U.S. soil unless you go to a Chinese website and import and, right. a phone. Okay, so yeah, yeah. there we go. Um so yeah, I mean these phones look really nice. I, I actually ordered both of them because um, I <laughs> yes because uh, I, I couldn't decide which one I wanted. Right. So reviews so, coming soon, right? Well, so uh, you know after reading reviews, I actually canceled the five X order. Oh wow! Uh, because it, it seems a little underpowered for yeah. for what I do. Uh, but the six P looks like it's going to be pretty beastly. So. so why is it in the Android world that all of the like high powered phones are the big ones. Why don't they make a smaller phone that is like like five inch phone, maybe like even four point nine or four point eight or something that's not like giant. I, you know, I don't understand. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But if you think about it, I mean, even with the new iPhones, you can't find the the six S plus, but you could find the success right now. It's for the same reason. Everyone wants the bigger phones. You know, and so that's where the marketing is. That's where the you know that's where people are putting their money. That could also be yeah. due to supply, though, not necessarily demand. Could be. I don't know. Yeah. I can't go back to a smaller phone. The success, the six plus that I have is so nice. It's big. Yeah. Speaking of, I so, will say this phone does. This Nexus six P does look like a very nice phone. Dare I say it has a d- diamond cup chamfered edge? <laughs> It has a. Where did they find that idea from? So the the six P has like this black bar across the back and, and the top. So that's. And I think it's really cool. A lot of people. It, it it's like, it's kind cool. of like a yeah. controversial feature of the phone, but I, I think it's cool. It so does, it does look cool. A lot of people don't like it because it breaks the phone up. Uh, it actually is where they're housing NFC and all the antennas, oh. uh, as well as the camera sensor. Mm. It has laser autofocus and yep. it has uh, that really nice camera supposedly. Oh so yeah, and it has Nexus imprint on the back. It too, does. The so the fingerprint sensor, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm kind of curious how that's going to work and how well it's going to. Uh, placement-wise, how well it's going to work, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm holding the phone. Um, yeah. It also does quick charge, so these phones charge almost to full in, I think, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, mm-hmm. And this phone has a 3450 milliamp-hour battery. Is that, due, is is that due to the new USB? Is that what that... No, no it's actually due to the uh, the SoC, the the Qualcomm uh, uh, Snapdragon. These are uh, the... 6P has the 810 version 2.1 or 3.1, and then the... Uh, the 5X has the 808, so it's it's something built into the yeah. the CPU. Yeah. Cool. So. You have to have a, a Qualcomm certified quick charge device uh, charger, charger to do that. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Which then that's really fast for the, that size battery. Yeah. And one thing that's kind of tricky, you know, with the 5X, and another reason I canceled it is it doesn't actually come with a uh, Type C connector to USB A. So you can't plug it into a computer. Mm. It only comes with Type C to Type C. Oh, wow! They want so, you to buy a Pixel. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I think in the future, you know, let's give it two years. Everything will be Type C anyway, right? Nobody's yeah. gonna. I mean, 
no one's really going to be using computers with, I mean, unless you're using computers you already have. Nobody's going to be using computers. Yeah, anyway. computers. Yeah. What are those yeah. things? I wonder if, the, so this is like aluminum. I wonder how, it's if it's going to be slippery or not. I see they have some really nice cases yeah. uh, that so go on the phone. One thing I saw about the cases, and, and I don't know how true it is, because obviously nobody's actually played with these in person yet, right? Uh, one thing I read about the cases, though, is on the 6P, if you put the cases on them, it blocks the laser autofocus. Yeah. Oh. Um, mm. So it still does, you know, the, the software autofocus, but it doesn't do the, the laser-activated one. So. Interesting. Right. Again, we'll see. I, I don't well, what's, know. What's this, though? Is this, this is an, a laser? It's a second microphone. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah so that's your noise-canceling mic. So. Yep. Um, so, yeah, they also released uh, two new Chromecast products, you know, the new Chromecast, which has some updated uh, Wi-Fi. Uh, some faster internals and a uh, much, much nicer setup screen. I've actually already gotten my Chromecast. It's it's super sweet. Um, it also does, you know, it, it loads things preemptively is this for the, you. What is, is this the little dongle? Yeah, so Chromecast is the dongle that yeah. plugs into your TV and, and from an app or from Chrome or something, you push the little icon and it throws it to the TV for you. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Um, they also released Chromecast Audio. Uh, Chromecast Audio is basically if you have an old pair of st- speakers laying around, you plug this device into the the eighth inch jack, the you know headphone jack, basically uh, right. for auxiliary on the back, and then it's a Wi-Fi connected pair of speakers. Yep. So then you can use them with on the cheap. Yes, yeah, thirty five bucks. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and wow. Chromecast as well. They're both thirty five bucks yeah. each. So I think everything else that does that is like a hundred dollars an hour. Yeah, isn't it? and yeah. and so this kind of it it brings them in line with say Sonos or somebody. You know, everybody keeps trying to go down these routes, and it's better than Bluetooth because with Bluetooth, mm. all your phone calls are routed through it. It's kind of a pain if yeah. you get phone calls. Yada yada. Yeah. This is just doing the audio from the music you're listening to. So whenever this was announced the other day, I asked you, Brian, why should I get this if I don't care about having AC Wi Fi? Uh, and you know, does that still apply? Like, yeah, I mean, so why should I? So I, I don't know. I already have I already have a Chromecast one. So my question is, why should I get a Chromecast two? I'm not sure that you should. Okay. You know, I mean, I'm just gonna be honest here. I mean, no, right. That's exactly the, uh, what I want to know because I mean, I've, I've yeah. so I plugged it Major in last question. night and then went to the movies. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> so I, I plugged it in and then went to the the Martian premiere. So I, I didn't really sure. play with. I'm, I'm sorry. I had, I had to throw it in there. Uh, so I didn't really have a chance to play with it at all, you know. So I will let you know after the weekend. Yeah. I'd like to know um, if it's faster. The the quick loading stuff should be really neat where mm-hmm. it, it preloads the app once you open mm-hmm. it to where when you push play, it just automatically starts instead of having to wait for buffer, et cetera. Yeah. Do you have a Roku? Uh, I used to. I do not used anymore. To, yeah. Yeah. I find myself using my Roku more lately because I like having a physical remote. See, I'm actually opposed to lean-back interfaces, though. So I, I'm not a huge fan of, and I call them lean-back interfaces. I think that's the technical term for them, right? I don't like having to look at an interface on my TV and control it with a remote. I wish there was a good device that wasn't in between because I hate whenever like I'm watching something on Chromecast and I get a phone call and it's like, oh, I have to pause my my phone that's ringing. I have to use my phone that's ringing to pause whatever uh, I'm yeah. watching and it's just kind of frustrating. But the Chromecast is definitely an awesome device for $35. Yeah, so I actually have an iPad in my uh, in my living room that we don't really use for anything um, else. But it is, dedicated the, it is the remote. Yeah, yeah. So it's the remote for the living room, right? Yeah. So no matter if I'm watching, you know, watch ESPN or CBS Sports or anything like that, I could just use that device to, to throw it to the TV. Yeah, very rarely do I use something like a Chromecast. I mean, I use with my television, I just use like a Roku or... Um, or the your TV has Android TV, or, or Android built, in, right? TV built into it, yeah. But I very I find myself very seldomly going and actually navigating, you know, and doing Chromecast unless someone's coming over and then they're like, "Hey, I want to show you something." They hop on my Wi-Fi and then they cast from their device. But I mean, I don't know. I, I like having a physical remote. I just sit back and you know, there you go. Mm-hmm. And and I think Android TV is kind of the the full picture there, right? Because you can cast to it. And yeah. it also has a lean back interface as well. Yeah, there was a big oh, update yeah. to my TV. Because it has cast built in. Well, last week. Right. So I don't know what mm. they added. So, and the but other thing they announced was the, the, the Pixel pic- tablet. The Pixel C, yeah. Um, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I don't know how to feel, how, how I feel about this either. Because yeah, my so. first question when they announced this was I wasn't paying as close to the attention to the announcements as you were, Brian. I asked, does this run Chrome OS or Android? It's and it runs Android. It's running Android, yeah. Right? And, and so I'm kind of confused as to why they're doing it. Now, one thing I could think of right now offhand is that, first of all, Nexus products are generally always made by third-party manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Google has never made their own Nexus hardware. Yeah. Um, 
pixel line, however, is Google hardware. Google right. makes that hardware themselves. That's where I see the Pixel C uh, fitting in. It's them trying to kind of revitalize yeah. uh, their tablet market because <laughs> the Android tablet market is terrible. It is. Very, hmm. very and, bad. and in all reality, Android doesn't really run that well on tablets. I mean, huh. the, the, the app market's not you there. Think? I mean, so. That's what. Whenever they announced this, I was thinking, "Wait a minute! You know, no new no Nexus tablet. What's the deal with that?" Because I have a Nexus Seven, 2013, with the LTE and stuff, and that's my go-to Android device because it's a it's an Android device. It was like it it, it was a pretty cheap for a tablet, and it was pretty speedy. And it was a Nexus device. I wanted to get the all the new updates, and I was kind of hoping they would announce a new, cheaper Nexus tablet so that next whenever my 2013 Nexus. Seven stops supporting like the new versions of Android. I could buy, go out and say, okay, I'll spend 150 bucks on the new Nexus tablet. But this is 500 dollars, which is, I mean, it's it's a bit for an Android tablet, not so much for a tablet in general. Right, and I think that's the distinction to make right there. Is it's it's not too much for a tablet, but it's too much for an Android tablet. And I I think a lot of that's due to the ecosystem that just doesn't exist. Maybe they're they're trying to bring it up to that premium price point to make people think that it's a more premium product. And I mean, the Pixel is a premium. No, it is a Chromebook. Trust me, if I had the money and could justify spending it on a device that only was a browser, (laughs) I would buy a Pixel in a heartbeat because I think it's gorgeous. But it's just it's not something that I'm gonna, you know, drop fifteen hundred bucks on. Yeah. So <laughs> one of the weirdest things about this new Pixel is the keyboard, right? Yeah. So it has so, it has a keyboard that magnetically holds, and I, see, I'm not even really sure how that keyboard holds. But you can hold it by magnets. the keyboard. Yeah. It, this and has the, the tablet doesn't come off. Like you could turn it upside down, or you could grab it by the the, the tablet, and the, like you're gonna hold up your surface here. Yeah. Yeah. Hope it doesn't fall. I see your face. <laughs> I'm holding it very <laughs> carefully. Yeah. Uh, you know. So I don't know. And. Yeah. So the weird thing we'll to me see. about it is it doesn't have pogo pins. It's Bluetooth, and the tablet inductively charges the keyboard, which is so weird to me because Bluetooth is so wonky, mm-hmm. like in ge- in Android and in general. So you have to like wait for it to connect every time. Yeah, you know? I, see, I think I don't see. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to handle that. I do think it's interesting that I think they said the keyboard can last for up to two months on a single charge, and when you close the tablet with the keyboard, it automatically will charge through that connection when it's closed. Really? Wow. Hmm. Huh. But even if you forget and you don't ever close it, it still will last for two months yeah. on a single charge. And that's so. p- perfectly acceptable battery life for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Perfectly acceptable. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> well, right. yeah. I mean, this my, my Surface keyboard never dies. It has an infinite battery life unless I crack it in half. So, <laughs> I mean, it, well, it lasts as long as the laptop lasts, yeah. as long as the Surface lasts. Hmm. Wow. Well, think, yeah. speaking of things that are perfectly unacceptable, <laughs> Patreon, uh, the crowdfunding site that I believe we spoke about two episodes ago, um, we mentioned it. Yeah. Um, it was hacked. Yeah. And, and, and I, th- I saw this and, and I thought of you, actually, because uh, you always talk about how much you kind of like this site. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, look, they were hacked. Josh, <laughs> this is for Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Thank you, you. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't look like any credit card numbers were any were were, uh, were taken or anything like that. But unfortunately, uh, you know, a hack is still a hack. Well, it says so. all password, social security numbers, and tax form information. So social we're, security numbers were properly encrypted. Oh, we're properly encrypted. Okay, well there you go. Um, <laughs> what to say? You're thinking of that experience. So what? Hack. what so what data? So what data <laughs> yeah. did they actually go away with? Um, I don't know that they actually got away with anything except for email address. And I think shipping addresses. Didn't they get like um, donation information too, yeah, or something th- like that? Yeah, I think they got a list of what people had, had yeah. donated yeah. to. Um, un- so, so pardon my noobness, but when when they say that you know a hack occurred and they got mm-hmm. encrypted information, okay, is that a big deal? How long does it take to de-encrypt things? It depends on how well it's hashed and salted, right? Okay. So, is it completely? Possible that these will be decrypted at some point? Yes. I thought it was all the. Um, wasn't it like dumped somewhere, or, or was it these, encrypted? It was dumps. encrypted okay, dumps. Okay. Yeah. So, and that makes it even more likely that it'll get decrypted, right? So then mm-hmm. they throw the whole yeah. the whole dump out there. I mean, it's 
So, you have a ton I'm, of people working on it at that point. I'm yeah. so used to seeing these these hacks that I just I like my eyes just kind of glaze over. I'm like, well, okay, it's just another hack. Who cares? Like so, most of this information is probably public anyway. Like I mean, where people live, you can go and yeah. And yesterday, uh, T-Mobile Experian yeah. through T-Mobile was actually hacked. 15 yeah. million people. Um, wow. I thought it was T-Mobile through Experian. Yes. Yes. Or it was Experian that was hacked, and it affected. It only affected customers. T-Mobile, correct? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Fifteen million people. Um, they, so T-Mobile was actually offering credit protection through Protect My ID. Yeah. But that's through Experian. Oh. So, so the reason that that one is so bad is because it's social security numbers yeah, that that's, got leaked. That's yeah. Like you can't. You can't change the social security numbers, driver's license numbers. Can't that's, go change that's the things, password. That's on things that, that yeah. matter. Yeah. Whereas, like, okay, your address got leaked, your credit card number got leaked. And who really cares? You're not well, liable for yeah. unauthorized charges in your credit card. Right. I mean, who really cares? Yeah. And and the, th- the thing that was kind of interesting yesterday, I saw a lot of people angry because they were doing the Protect My ID stuff through the company that just got hacked. So it's like, why, well, why should I protect my ID through you when you just got hacked and lost my my stuff? Like, well, I don't, well, I don't want to give you my stuff again. Jeez. Well, they are one of the three major credit bureaus that monitors that stuff. So sure. I mean, it makes sense, but it's still like that's like the worst thing that can get leaked. So jeez, mm-hmm. yeah, golly, man. Speaking of worst things, <laughs> is is that right? Yep. Speaking of worst things, mm. I'd say. Along the same line, Amazon banning sales of Apple and Google streaming services. That's pretty bad. Devices. So, oh, devices. Yeah, sorry. Devices. Yeah, yeah. This is this is interesting to me because I, I don't understand why. So their you statement understand said why. Well, I do understand why, right? Yeah. So their, their statement was, though, we don't want our customers to have to buy devices or to be thinking that they're going to be buying these devices without our prime video services on them. Right. Well, who's responsible for building the prime services for these devices? Amazon. Amazon. So yeah. they're trying to, you know, pin it on on Apple and Google, hmm. saying, "Oh, well, it's, it's kind of their fault that that we can't sell these because Roku. They're still selling well, Roku. Roku. Yeah, and I mean, they still. And in fact, does Roku come with the Amazon app pre-installed, or do you have does. to go download? Does it come it? I think it does. Though? Mine has okay. Amazon Prime Music. Well, Prime. Video. video. I don't think I installed it, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I think this was just a bad move for Amazon to do this. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's clearly, a, it's clearly, you know, well, we want to sell our Amazon Fire stuff. Right. And, so, and I understand, items. right? So it's a whole, you know, Apple has the, uh, you know, iTunes and, and that whole ecosystem. And then Google has Google Play and that whole mm-hmm. ecosystem. And, and this is them trying to wave a stick around and say, well, look, we have an ecosystem too. Right. And we don't need these other guys. Right. And, so, they, and they do still sell hmm. the other products that have Amazon stuff. Like, what is it, Xbox and Xbox, Roku and, I think PS4 and whatever else. Whatever. So yeah. if I wanted to go get a Apple TV, can't get it from Amazon.com? As, nope. as of October 29th, no. Hmm. Same with Chromecast, same with Nexus Player, nothing. Yeah. yeah. That's kinda, so uh, I wonder how that's going to work for TVs that have Android TV pre-installed. I have a feeling that it probably wouldn't include that because it's not the main feature of the of the thing that they're selling. Right. But I, who can say? Right. I mean, it says streaming devices. It doesn't say TVs, like smart TVs. Yeah. Right? I, I, I don't know. Who can say? It could go either way. Hmm. It really could. I mean, yeah. is, is this a huge deal or is this just sort of a... Kind of, a, I mean, this isn't the first time a retailer has said, "Look, right. I'm not gonna, I'm it's, not gonna it's a carry." Market, it's I a market person. leader flexing their power, and, basically. Yeah. But see, I, that's, mean, I think that's the problem, right? Is is they are kind of the de facto internet yeah. shopping, you know, hub, right? So, I mean, if you go to buy something online, nine times out of ten, you're buying it on Amazon. Yeah, you know, so I, for them to do something like this just because they can is kind of a. What about Jet.com? A, a we'll, we'll start. We'll start buying everything <laughs> from Jet.com. Have any of you guys made a purchase on Jet? No, no, no me either. No. Okay. Uh, I tried, but yeah. Amazon was always better. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, doing stuff like this is going to do nothing but encourage people to go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Jet.com is a alternative, right? Yeah. Well. Is it? I wonder how well they're actually doing. I, 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 yeah, I can imagine cu- it's not that great. I'm kind of curious about that as well. Yeah, I don't think the site has changed since the first time we looked at it. Yeah, so. yeah it has. It totally. Look at it. It totally has. It's look, still overly purple. Look at the bestsellers. <laughs> overly purple. Yeah, they have yeah. like this little Barney theme going. I, I don't think people are going to go rush from Amazon to Jet just because you can't buy an Apple or Google device. No, but, and, yeah. I, and I agree. I think um, some people are, are like kind of mad at Amazon, like just noticing comments on the internet, like people are saying, well, this is just another reason for me to not have an Amazon Prime subscription and all this stuff. I really don't know where all that hate comes no, from. No, I don't know, because if you want a, if you want an Apple TV or Google Google device, you're just going to go to Apple.com, you're going to go to your local Apple store, you're going to go to Best Buy and go yeah. buy one. Now, it would really piss people off 
if if Amazon said, you know what, we're not going to allow you to stream your videos to a third-party device other than an Amazon device. Then well, I think they would really start pissing people off. Well, so I mean, that's kind of what they're where they're going, though. I mean, well, buying it, buying the device from Amazon.com is one thing. Saying I'm not going to let you stream to any device but an Amazon device is going to make well right now you almost ripples. can't though so amazon instant video just came out for ios and android what two months ago and before that it wasn't it even <laughs> and, it, and well, even then it's even, even it's even heavily no i thought the i thought the amazon uh prime, prime video. video has been an app on on the ipad for ios roku yeah, yeah, android been... tv you know oh, so okay. it's out there so yeah. it's just if if amazon said you that know what you can while, only stream but... amazon prime videos to an amazon device then i think that's going to be a bad move it's going to tarnish their i don't think but, name but it's necessarily they're, totally they're not going that, in that direction they're not going to do that no i'm just saying is if they start locking things down now you, you can't buy these devices what's the next step you know oh. would they even would they consider not but i mean would somebody if you went to amazon to buy a specific item like a roku for example and they didn't have the Roku. Would you say, okay, well, I'll just buy a different streaming device, or would you say, okay, I'm no. going to go to New Age? Go no, I'd go to. I would go down to Best Buy yeah. to buy it. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to buy a certain device, you're not going to think you're going to you're not going to go to your retail and be like, well, they don't have this one, but they have this one that is kind of as good. You know, yeah. maybe I'll buy that one. But I, mean, I bet you does, but I bet you there's a lot of people who are going to think like that. You know? Yeah. I mean, I guess you're right. I guess it depends on what the, how the average consumer buys that kind of thing because I, for, well, for Amazon me... Amazon sells a lot of tablets and they sell a lot of Fire TVs and Fire Sticks. They sell mm-hmm. a lot of those. So because of the, how they market it. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I'm interested to see how uh, Alexa moves on to the... You know, like the, these fire devices and the streaming stuff. Is it going to be very? You'll ask Alexa a question about <laughs> Apple or Google, and she'll be like, "I don't know what you're talking about." Will. <laughs> I don't have enough. Of yeah. Did you mean? <laughs> did you mean the fire? Yeah, yeah. yeah. fire TV. <laughs> nice. Did you mean the number Google? So we're going to move into our new topic. Uh, as you know, we have an email address. It is podcast at venue.com send all of your questions our way and we will answer them and we got our first question in um actually last week first question uh, i'm gonna go ahead and just paraphrase it I'm not gonna read it verbatim um the gi- the gist is they were asking uh what calendar or calendar kind of software is best for multiple devices um using a calendar for work and for home life across tablets pcs phones um any suggestions so you're talking about an application like outlook like a a, a mobile app desktop Mm -hmm. app yeah yep okay so what do we think um a lot of it's going to be dependent upon what kind of email address you know are we talking exchange Mm -hmm. are we talking gmail are we talking um icloud iCloud? are we talking you know outlook.com are we Mm -hmm. talking you know there's so many different uh, you know, I guess competing, not necessarily competing, but different players out there. As far as all-encompassing, I, I'd actually say probably the Outlook app across platforms uh, or the Outlook web app on, you know, on desktops. Hmm. That's weird because I was going to, the only thing I could really think of was Google Calendar. And, Phil, well, and the, Phil has uh, a Surface, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't really use calendar stuff that much. So, uh-huh. I mean, whenever I need to, like, make a reminder or something, I just tell my phone to remind me. Which uses yeah. the which uses the yeah. reminders app. I use calendaring at home when I have like my wife and son, and we're trying to collaborate on something or, or, or keep keep up with each other. And I mean, I think if you're looking at something for home use, uh, which could also go into work use, but typically if you're working for someone, they're going to have their own calendaring mm-hmm. system that you have to work with. Um, but if you're at home, I would say Google is probably the most wide, you know, um, compatible of all the different types if you're not looking for one that's exclusive to one device. Yeah. So I think Google, and like you were saying, uh, if you're wanting the client, which will run on your mobile device or or, 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 um, or laptop, desktop, it would probably be Microsoft Outlook, strangely enough. Did Microsoft ever release their branded version of the, the counter client that they bought for Android? Was it Sunrise, I think? I don't know that they ever released a standalone for okay. it. Um, now, Sunrise was great. Uh, I actually really enjoyed Sunrise yeah. right when it came out uh, and actually stopped using it after Microsoft bought them, randomly wow. enough, uh, mainly due to the fact that I didn't think it was going to get many more updates. Yeah. Um, so that's why I stopped using it, yeah. right? So I wanted something that had a little bit better longevity yeah. as far as use. 
Hmm. I have to imagine whenever they do release that, it'll support all their stuff if it didn't already support right. like exchange calendars and whatnot. So that's probably a good choice there. Um, it's called Sunrise. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Sunrise. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So um, just to recap, uh, either Google Calendars, Microsoft Outlook, or Sunrise well, Calendar. So I don't. I don't want to necessarily hold off on recommend that. Sunrise. Yeah. yeah okay. just right. I was yeah. just curious if they had yeah. actually released that app. Yeah. Microsoft did purchase that application, yeah. um, what six months ago or so. Um, but it, I don't know that it's really yeah. seen any development since then. Now, maybe okay. what it morphs into would be worth looking yeah. into. I just mm-hmm. it's hard to say yet. You know. Okay. I forgot the name of the app that they bought on iOS to make the Outlook Mail app, but. That is a that's like the best mail app for uh, iOS yeah. in my opinion. So I'd be interested to see what they do with that, like okay. an Android app. So yeah, but if you if you're looking for multiple devices, like multiple, you know, between Google, I've, you know, my wife's got. You say, let's say your wife's got an Android, you have an iOS device, your mm-hmm. son's got a, a Windows. I think, you know, I think we all agree that Google Calendar is probably the best for all that. You know, so unless you want an app. Well, I, I was actually about to ask that exact <laughs> question. So, for Windows Phone, is there even anything you can use for Google what? Calendar? In so, it, does the native does the, the native, native app? the native app does import stuff from Google? I'm pretty sure, and it's actually it's decent. But I mean, it syncs with with Google. There's there's no Google Calendar app. Does it does it sync IMAP or yeah? That's what, do that's they, what I was do they still use IMAP? Or? Mm, I'd have to check. Actually, I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't know if I have anything on my calendar to check with. I would be, be surprised if they didn't support. Support IMAP hmm. for calendaring. Oh, I have Facebook events we'll put, in the. We'll calendar. put this in the show notes. We'll <laughs> put this in the show notes. Yeah. So, so yeah. in general, Google Calendar is probably our first choice, right? Yes. Yes. Google Calendar. Everybody. I, Will. Phil. Yes. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Sure. Will. Yeah. Great. Sure. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the topic for today's episode. Um, we're going into home automation. We're. Uh, we're going to get everybody to give some thoughts on uh, how to smart up your house. And this might even be a kind of a two-part episode. We might cut it a little short and go into the next episode as well. But we'll see how far we get. Um, to start off, there was some news um, that's that's totally into this. Um, the Nest Weave uh, went open source. Is that correct? Well, they, they announced it. They announced it. it. Um, okay. So they announced the first partners for it as well. Now, so, what is this? Uh, so Nest Weave Pardon, is... I'm, I'm just going to ask for the, for the audience. Yeah. What is this and why should I care? Yeah. Okay. No, that's, that's, that's <laughs> a valid question, right? So so the way all these home automation platforms work is they all have to talk over some protocol, right? So uh, whether it be you know Wi-Fi mesh networking, which is actually what most of them are doing, whether it be a Z-Wave or Zigbee, or and there's there's a couple Wi-Fi. more. Wi-Fi. Right? Yeah, there's there's a couple of them out there that you know different protocols that all kind of do the same thing, but they're all competing, right? Um, Nest Weave is basically Google and Nest's implementation of this, and and there's been some confusion whether or not Nest Weave is actually Google Weave slash Brillo, that's or what if I, they are different. Yeah, I, I, there's no clear answer on that. Um, but basically, if you own any Nest product, whether it be a Nest Cam or a Nest Protect or a Nest Thermostat, which are the only three products, um, if you own any one of those, though, any one of them can act as the hub for Nest Weave. Huh. So you don't have to have a thermostat. You can go buy a Protect for 100 bucks, put one Protect in, and then you can control your, your lights and your door locks and everything through that Protect. So you don't have to you know, invest in the full ecosystem, you can invest in just one piece of it. Hmm. So, uh, you know, any of their products can be used as the... So what app do you use to control this? I mean, is it going to be a central app that controls everything or is you still kind of... So... That's the question. That is the question, right? And and I don't know that there's an answer just yet. Um, So from what I've seen, August, the Smart Lock uh, put something on Twitter yesterday showing, hey, you know, we're... We're integrating with with Nest Weave, and they showed a, a little video showing that when the door was unlocked, the Nest Cam would take mm-hmm. like a burst of like five yeah. pictures yeah. to see who came into your house, hmm. right? Cool. Um, and it's more—I don't know that it's actually control as much as it is these things working together. For example, you open your door, right? It has an August on it. Your lights come mm-hmm. on. It takes pictures. You know, all these your thermostat readjusts. All these things mm-hmm. happen as opposed to a. I'm going to turn my lights on with this app. 
Yeah. If yeah. that makes sense, I right? It's right. more of an in- integration between the platforms. Yeah. Uni- yeah. Unikey, who writes the software for the Kivo door lock, actually announced that that kind of feature set in at CES this year. So I'm assuming that's also Nest Weave. I mean, it wasn't called that by the, at that time, but that's literally what it does. It's what you just described. Yeah, I mean, so, it could be a competitor to it, though. There's another, mm-hmm. but there's another, there's another type of Nest Weave out there, right? It's called HomeKit. Well, there's there's a couple. Well, that's of them. Apple's. That's Apple's, Apple's HomeKit. Yeah. So Apple's is HomeKit, and that's going to be same basic thing. There's no central app where you would do everything. It it does the same thing. It well, kind of fits everything together, or you can do things through Siri and voice control. Well, yeah, yeah. and I think the app with HomeKit is Siri. It's the actual yeah. the Apple device that you're interfacing with. So, but at the same time, you're not going to want to say turn my living room lights on every single time you want to turn, you know what I'm saying? No, so no, and you're, you're going to want to have this integration. Like you're saying, when you walk in the house, go ahead and set the temperature, set the lights. Um, I think right now the problem with home automation, I will say at least in my experience, is there's a lot of good technology out there, but there's no one app that does everything you need. Right, because mm-hmm. there's no standard. There's no mm-hmm. standard. And even though we have these standards like Z-Wave, ZigBee, HomeKit, uh, you know, Weave, they're still trying to figure I think everyone's still trying to figure out how to make this connect um, I know devices like smart things actually support all protocols um, isn't that a Samsung it yeah, is it is a Samsung yeah. pro- pro- product um, but even inside of the you know will it support XYZ you have to look at it as if you import this device to smart things does it break other pieces hmm. Um so that's something, you know, which controller has actual ownership of that device. Mm. So that's the thing that, that right now is is the struggle, I think, with people looking at home automation, you know, even home security is um, you have to buy into one technology and okay. stay with okay. it. Okay, so, so let's step back for a second. Let's say, for example, use, use me as an example. I have no smart devices in my house at all. You have a dumb house? I have a dumb house. Oh it is God. super dumb. At and least we... you've got smart people in your house. Exactly. Well, at least Thank that you. makes up for <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But we need to educate my house, all right? How would we go about – what are my options for going ahead and, and educating so, my house? I would say to start out with, if you're starting, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. I would say start off with some switches, some types of switches for your lights because that's okay. the easiest one to get started with. And I think that's the ones that actually have the most – you know, the most impact. I think a thermostat is great. Uh, but start off with like some switches and maybe a motion detection detection device. In fact, my first home automation, you know, endeavor was the Wemo light switches. And uh, it came with a kit. And I've had this for like a year and a half. So I've had it for a, a long time, relatively speaking. So it's got the switches and uh, motion sensors. Mm-hmm. And the reason I bought this is because when I came into my house, a lot of times if I was out late or something like that, or my wife and I and we were coming home, the house was dark. The apartment mm-hmm. was dark. And now with this, I have a sensor on my door, front door. When the door opens, lights come on. Uh, I think that's a good way to start. And I like, you know, I do still like the Wemo switches. How hard How, how hard was that to set up? Extremely easy. Okay. Yeah. It's a matter of there's really no instructions anymore that come with these devices. There's like a little sheet. You plug the device in, it hops on your Wi-Fi, then you launch an app on your phone. You follow the instructions, and pretty much you're good to go. Cool. Uh, you know, so if you're starting with that, I would say definitely, you know, do do something like that. And it's not Wemo. You don't have to go with Wemo. You can go with Philips Hue, which I really like because you can change colors and all these other things. Um, the other thing I would suggest to you is look at the Amazon Echo, which I think you actually were able to come see in I my did. house not long ago because when we were doing yep. we were doing the home IQ install and yep. uh, you had to take a look at that and it can tr- and it talks to my lights and, mm-hmm. and other things so that's how I would start. It's very cool. Yeah. Hmm. Um, any other options for starting out, Phil? I know you did locks, right? Yeah, that's actually that's the only smart device I think that I have in my house, mm-hmm. and I don't know that I would really recommend that anybody start there because it's locks are so. I want to say I want to say that they're so important. I mean, we all know that locks only keep honest people honest, right? But uh, it's still with that experience that I had with my Kivo unlocking by itself that one time in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just kind of like well, if I would have had that on like my front door, which which is not protected by the garage, mm-hmm. which is where my Kivo is on my garage uh, entrance door. Um, if I would have had that there, that means my front door would have been unlocked all night. And if I wouldn't have heard it, for example, or if I would have been on vacation. I would have yeah. had an exposed entryway to my house. And, I mean, that's kind of scary. 
totally. I don't. I don't. It's kind of scary. That is scary. Super scary. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. That I would recommend that yet, but um, that is the most intriguing, I, I guess, home automation device to me so far because it, it, it's the one thing that I can think of that really it makes my life simpler whenever it works. The the which lock. is the other caveat. Simple yeah. for yeah. that when you when you're coming in it open yeah. auto opens the door. I don't have to door, take out my keys. Proximity. I don't have to yeah. pull my keys out of my pocket. So if you're or carrying something, like that. I literally just, just have my iPhone in yeah. my pocket and I just touch the door and I wait two seconds and it opens. Yeah. Or yeah. you do something like the August that opens up. I think when you're in prox. Does it open up when you're it's in proximity? proximity. It, yeah. So it so unlocks it has, the door when you're in proximity yeah. through the Bluetooth. Yeah. yeah. I you know I. I, I think lights. I think um, you know, in terms of in terms of intriguing, you know, home automation. I think cameras, you know, or or, or I'm not going to say it's really home automation. It's more of seeing what's going on at home. I think that's mm-hmm. there's yeah. some benefit to that. Uh, I'm looking at camera systems right now, and I'm deciding, you know, do I want to go with something that integrates with Alarm.com, or do I want to go with something that is, you know, something different, right? And there's ton. The problem is for the consumer is there are so many choices now. Uh, Logitech just came out with a really interesting device yesterday so that was kind of cool. The new Harmony? Battery operated. Huh? It's about the new Harmony. Uh, so Logitech just announced the new Harmonies as well. Oh, the remote? That does, that does, you know, controls your lights with Philips Hue and controls your, your thermostat with Nest More stuff and, I want to go buy. You know, it, and I was looking at it today. I was reading really? a review on it this morning. Harmony. Yeah. I mean, I have a friend of mine that has a Harmony, the really top of the line Harmony that does everything. It's got uh, IR blaster. This is a remote? It is a remote. Like it's a remote, remote for your, control. For it's your, a remote for your television. Go right. ahead, bro. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. And so it, it's a remote for your television. And, and actually, I swear by it. Um, I've, I've had a, a Harmony in my house for probably at least five, ten, well, five, seven years. Um, so basically what it is, yeah, there you go. So, so it, you know, it's a multi-device, uh, remote. So all your devices that you have hooked up to your TV, you can control with one remote. It does it all through IR. It doesn't use, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, all through RF. It doesn't use any IR. Hmm. Um, so they have, now they have little devices that hook up to, or like, it looks like a little, a little hockey puck type little deal. Um, and it is what translates all the IR to RF signals for you. Hmm. So you put that in your cabinet with your DVR box or, or whatever you have, uh, whatever devices you have. You have those off in a closet somewhere where you don't have to look at them. Have your your TV all pretty mounted, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. You have nothing visible, no visible wires. It's streamlined, and then you still have access to all your stuff. Wow. Um, but, they, is... you know, with the new remote, they also have it to where – you can control your lights. You can control your. You could push a button for like a dinner party. It changes the lights to what you have set for that preset. Changes the volume on on these devices. Changes the thermostat to be, let's say, a little lower if you're expecting people. All these different things it, you automate it with one button. It supports scenes. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I do like wow, this because I have cool. a, yeah. I have a Harmony remote now, but I have an older like the older 650. Which I actually don't use anymore in the living room because my television has just a regular remote. And I don't really control my lights with the TV remote. I'm going to use the phone or I'm just letting it do its own, you know, with motion text and stuff. But I do like the idea of having a physical device like this. And this does look really nice. It looks like it's touchscreen, perhaps. So they've been using touchscreens for about four years now. Yeah. Um, and they're really nice. The, the thing that's really cool about the newer ones, though, is the newer ones have the touchscreen remote, and they also have an app. So you can use either the app on your device or the remote. Yeah. This all sounds really expensive. So, it is expensive. So, so the new top-of-the-line one, it's 350 340, yeah. yeah, $350. So the, the new, I mean, this is top-of-the-line, you know, remote control, right? I oh. mean, it's, Harmony is really the only name in the game as far as, you know, uh, multi-device. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sony used to be in that market. They just yeah. completely got, they had some really high-end stuff, but this is this is what I have. Yeah, see, I had that one, and the batteries kept messing up. It's actually terrible. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had those lithium ions, and you put regular batteries in them, and then forget and plug it in. Not a good thing. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, probably not. No, it's not. Uh, yeah, that looks that looks. And I was actually checking Best Buy because I was like, "Ooh, I want to have to go look at that." And they're not <laughs> in the store yet. I can't. It's imagine. It's called the Harmony Elite. I can't imagine a situation where I'd actually want to have like that whole scene thing. Though, like, what, you know, what, when would you use that? So let's say you, you let's say it's movie night and you push watch a movie. Well, it turns the lights off. It turns the fan on. It turns, you know, 
I guess it just for me specifically, it's it just one button. Make sense. No, it's one button as opposed yeah. to having to get up and turn the lights off and then turn the fan on and then change the yeah. input on the TV. Oh, and I, I yeah, totally I get like Wi-Fi lights. That's super appealing to me. It's just too expensive right now for me to invest in Wi-Fi lights. Yeah, mm. because all right, the, because you've got like cheap. four lights in the living room and four lights in the kitchen and a and a chandelier in the dining room. To do, I'm not to Wi-Fi do all, all of that. them, it's very expensive. Yeah. So back when I was in my condo, I actually had. All the lights in the living room done through my Philips Hue bulbs, and I had mm-hmm. the lights in my be- the lamps in my bedroom done with Hue bulbs. So, because we never really used the overhead lights in the bedroom, we just used the lamps. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't that bad, uh, you know. Initially, so I actually ended up getting a discount somehow. I don't remember actually where I got a discount at, but I ended up getting a discount on them like right when they came out, and I was like, "Cool, I'm gonna buy these because they're a little bit cheaper." Mm-hmm. Which, um, which ones? The, I have the hues. The hues, yeah. yeah. The co- but you, those uh, the are the ones you can ones, change right? the colors. So, and yeah. actually, if I was to buy more hues, I'd only buy the Lux because I could probably count on one hand how many times I've actually changed the colors. Really? <laughs> yeah. 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 So the Lux ones are the are the the light or the white ones only. So it's just like regular light bulbs. How much are those? How long? Thirty bucks a piece. How long okay. do these lights last? So they're LED. So they the last idea is thirty good years, time, right? Yeah. Or is it okay. thirty years or ten years or twenty two point eight years what? for the? Uh, yeah, these are the Wemo, but do they actually last that long though? Well, because... they're LED, right? So LEDs don't really go out. So for example, if you have uh, any of those LED flashlights, like the keychain ones. You know, they'll die, but it's because the battery dies. So yeah. if you change the battery, then they're still good. You know? Yeah. So, hmm. so I have the, the this Belkin. I don't have these particular lights, but I have the switches, which they all use the same app. Um, but these are like so you can start off with a starter kit for forty five, you know, forty six bucks, and then the uh, yeah thirty bucks for the individual bulbs. It's just um, too expensive for lights. It is expensive. I really so the, my thing is is with my new house, I need something that's going to be like uh, those canned lights that we mm-hmm. have. So I'm looking at something more like this, you know, that gives you that, you know, bigger bulb. But oh, I have to figure out is what that a spotlight bulb type. I think thing? so. Yeah, these are the ones that you you see people put in. We like, need to describe it. Is and it yeah, I'm trying yeah, to figure so out. It's, it's bigger. Yeah, I don't, yeah I'm not no, sure. it's bigger than an incandescent bulb. Uh, if you have like um, canned lighting in your mm-hmm. home, uh, in the ceiling, this is you need a bigger, wider bulb. But yeah. I think these yeah. take care of that. Yeah, that's what I would so, call that. Um, so one thing bulb. I'm interesting about these, though, this particular one we're looking at, we're looking at some of the GE Link bulbs. Uh, they're actually supported with the Wink Hub, which you need to be careful with because they just went out of business. Exactly. Last week. Yeah, <laughs> last week they went out of business. So. Wow. <laughs> but I think I think they also I don't think they work with the Wemos, but um. No, they don't. I'm sorry. It's a different. It's so this market is just yeah, too fragmented. And see, there's the problem right there. It right? He's like, okay, so this doesn't work with this, and this doesn't work with this. Nothing works together. So yeah. if I want to buy some Philips bulbs, I have to buy only Philips bulbs. So and if I want to buy Wemo bulbs, I have to buy only Wemo. And bulbs. then when you get, and then when you get the bulbs, and you want to integrate it with, say, your doors or whatever, you have to go. Oh, you know, it does, something doesn't connect, right. and, and now you have all these things that connect, but the one thing you really want doesn't connect. Right. Or let's say, God forbid, you actually buy. Wemo bulbs and you buy Hue bulbs. Well, then you got to remember. Okay, I need this app to open to turn yeah. on these lights, and I need this app yeah. to turn on these lights in yeah. this room. So, it's just, if I just want to get a home automation system up and running, is there a way I can just get one? So <laughs> it, it it depends on what you were looking for. All right. So so there are solutions out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Etel, which is is actually a, you know a provider and and actually our parent company. Uh, offers something in this area called Home IQ. Uh, okay. It actually is a you know a security system that also does home automation. Um, you know you can get thermostats, uh, door locks, cameras, motion sensors that take pictures. And it's one of those things where, as a consumer, I don't have to worry about. Right. Yeah, you know, and, and, and you don't have to worry about piecemealing it. Yeah. Right. And, and everything right now works. There, there may be some certain features of some light switch or some thermostat that you really want, but honestly, if you're just someone who's getting into home home automation, this is really a good way to get started. Um, mm-hmm. We both have it at our new homes, Brian and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have the security system and the um, the thermostat, and I actually got rid of. I still have my Nest, but I, I don't use it anymore. Because um, I'm actually okay with a thermostat that came with the um, the device. One thing I do like about Home IQ is it's one app. Yeah, you launch that, the one app and you're done. Yeah, so and that that is the best part is the, the single pane. Uh, and one the favorite my favorite thing of it on you know strangely enough I I actually had a lot of reservations going in because I'm I'm one of those kind of do it yourself as far as home automation stuff. I, I've always been one to piecemeal all my own solutions yeah. together. 
it's always kind of scared me to be tied to a platform. Yeah. Uh, but there's certain things that this does, you know, as far as when you set your alarm to away, it automatically changes your thermostats instead mm-hmm. of relying on, oh, well, you didn't walk by your thermostat in the past hour. Maybe I'll set it to away. You're apparently not home. <laughs> instead of relying on that, when I set my alarm as away, sets my thermostats yeah, as away, yeah. you know? Well, and, um, you know, you guys brought up a good point when we were looking at the piecemeal solutions, like, oh, well, these light bulbs are now... Right. They don't they don't work anymore because the parent, you know, this company went out of business. Right. This, you you know for sure that if you get something in this ecosystem, it's going to work. Right. Well, this is, so this has modules for, and it's, and you're right, Josh, this is something that um, there may be a certain feature, one specific thing that this doesn't provide, but this provides a lot of features that most people will want in the, in one application mm-hmm. that they can use, and, and I, I actually am pretty pretty happy with it. Um, there will be things that this does that other third party tools don't, and vice versa. But for someone who's starting out, this is a one stop kit where you can do things. Where, and I started out actually looking for the home security. Home security yeah. was what I needed, and I, I decided to go with Etel home IQ for the home security. And then I was like, oh, you know what? Now I can go get a new thermostat that talks to the, the security system. And, you know, I'm looking, I have a motion sensor in my house now, so that's cool for the security. But I'm also going, man, I really do like the door locks. Uh, you know, I want to be able to maybe put some cameras in or, um, you know, they even sell the appliance modules or light control so you can now control your lights. Uh, this would probably wouldn't work with my Wemo, but, um, you know, it's all in one app. And that's really, I think, what people are interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's another way for for someone to yeah. get into right. home automation. You know, so we've got the kind of the piecemeal, uh, you know, grab some lights and start slowly getting into it, and then you've got kind of this whole package where um, you can get in and grab a bunch of good stuff along a home security type route. Mm-hmm. Any other routes? Um, Maybe I'm, entertainment or you know, I mean. No. You know, like Home IQ, I mean, there are other alternatives out there yeah. as well. Um, you know, I think ADT also has mm-hmm. I think ADT Pulse that is kind of the same thing. And I think uh, even Cox has one in Baton Rouge, mm-hmm. Home Life, I believe, um, that that are all competitors. You know, that all kind of do the same thing. Um, I, you know, it's hard to say. I haven't used any you know, of them, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the only yeah. one I've used has been Home IQ as far as those yeah. those all in one packages. Yeah. Um, and. I mean, I haven't had any issues whatsoever with it. You know, it's it's worked great. So awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're trying to avoid doing piecemeal, doing something like this uh, is going to be probably your best option. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, there are piecemeal options as far as full solutions. Like there's one out there called Scout um, that does. Uh, you know, it's a it's a home security system, but it's all pe- you buy all the pieces from them, and then oh, okay. and then you pay them for monitoring. You install oh, it yeah. all yourself. It's Ooh, all showing me this last yeah, week. Yeah, so it's yeah. pretty cool. It's pretty neat as well. Um, but again, it's it's all kind of DIY, right? You you're doing your own. You're you're putting it all together. Yeah. And if you have a problem, there's really no one to call. I mean, you can call these people and they'll help you with it, support it. But there's no one who's going to give you the touch of, mm-hmm. say, Etel, where they'll send a guy out. The guy that did our installation, I think he was the same guy, Brian. Um, he did a really good job. He came in. He explained what he was doing. He he said, hey, you know what? I have experience in home security and automation. I think you need to do this. And, you know, here's some things that you can – here's some other options. So, you know, you're buying not just the technology. You're buying the relationship you have with the company and whoever you're, whoever that is. Um so I felt pretty good with with going with the solution yeah. through Home IQ, and I think as and again this is the big thing as people as the technology evolves, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm fairly secure in that there will be new features coming in to yeah. to this. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Etel Home IQ is based on Alarm.com. Alarm.com is a major security and home automation provider or, or you know producer of the hardware and software. So. I feel pretty confident. I mean, one one of the things that kind of pushed me over the edge when I bought a smartwatch that Alarm.com actually had integration with a smartwatch that I could then control my uh, heating and cooling mm-hmm. and, and security system right from my smartwatch. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, and some of the nicer and, and things. And if you want to know what the best smartwatch is, you can, you can ask. Never mind. What's the best smartwatch, <laughs> um, Will? 
Motorola 360. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so, and so one of the other nice things, I'm just going to just throw this in here really quick about, about home IQ and stuff is, so me and my fiance actually have separate uh, alarm codes set up. Okay. So when she gets home and, and disarms the alarm, I get a notification on my phone, hey, you know, the alarm was disarmed at this time, or the alarm goes off, I, I immediately get an, a notification because she accidentally set it off this morning, taking the dog out, <laughs> and I got a notification, uh, and, you know, and then got a phone call yeah. you know, five seconds later, hey, is, you know, everything okay? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We've, so. we've talked a lot about, like, these all-in-one solutions and then the piecemeal solutions, but they're also, like, the even more DIY solutions where people are taking, like, raspberry pies and, and like, oh, using wow. them to, like, really, open yeah, their garage doors and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I've looked into that before, and it seems pretty cool. But I don't think I'm that's, not, for, not, I don't think that's for most for people. That's, it's well, definitely, right, but, that's, but, that's for people that read Hackaday. Um, right, but if you're into that kind of stuff, I mean, you can go and hook up a raspberry pie to your garage door opener and, and make it work through the Internet. You could also By get an way. Amazon Dash button and get it to order. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of our coworkers got some Dash buttons to, to mess around with like that. Nice. Yeah. By the way, did any of you guys know we had a maker fair at our public library last week? Was it last weekend, I think? That would have been cool I to know about. We have maker fairs. I've just never been any. Yeah I, I, yeah, I saw some of the ones, some of the photos from a friend of mine that went. It actually looked pretty cool. They had robotics. They had a working... Um, R2-D2, full-size R2-D2 awesome. there. Uh, oh, was cool. that, is that the one that goes around at the LSU games and Probably so, it has yeah, a, a beer dispenser on it? No. Yeah, <laughs> it could be. It could be. <laughs> so to close out, there's three routes you can go. You can go kind of DIY and, and you know, go pick up microchips and stuff out the garage and put them together into <laughs> there's, your own there's, there's ultra DIY yeah. which is what it's, Phil was yeah, talking about was yeah. like buying your raspberry pi and programming yes. yourself and having an API that you write to and also, and also using ift perhaps right probably but and then like you were saying there's the the middle of the road and then there's yeah. the there's the middle of the road and then there's you know where you you decide where you want to go ahead and start buying piece meals and and we suggested lights it's probably the best way to go. And I will say, you know, going going piecemeal, it, it's still such early days. It, yes. It's really hard to, I don't know, commit to a single platform because, you know, one day I might want to commit to the the Weave program, you know, and then a year later, let's say HomeKit takes, you know, takes the wheel and the Weave kind of, you know, is falling behind. Well, then... You know, then you're going to fall into an, an issue where then you have to go buy all new equipment because nothing yeah. the works thing, together. The thing in know. this in this world with home automation is, like you were saying, Josh, mm-hmm. stick with a pro, stick with a type of technology and just roll with it through the good and the bad, and you just stick with it. Or you spend a lot of money changing yeah. out everything as yeah. the technology changes. Yeah. And yeah. I, I kind of like changing every. You know, I do like looking at new technology and looking at different third party things to put in and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's one of those things you have to decide what's right for you and talk to people. Talk to people who have done it before. Talk to you know yeah. people that tell about home IQ. Yep. Listen if, to this. Listen to this podcast because we talk about home automation any, fairly regularly. I think. So. Any listeners have any questions? They can email us at our email address, which is podcast at venue dot com. Never let me Here. down on those segues, Josh. Yeah. Thank you, hey, Josh. Let, let me let me plug that in for you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so you can uh, rate us over on iTunes. Um, you can leave comments on our blog at takethenextturn.com, which is in process of getting a bit of a facelift. I know Phil's going to be doing more articles, right? Yeah. Great. I've got one in the works. Fantastic. And uh, check us out on the interwebs at www.venue.com. And we'll see you next week.